Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary contexts, the ways others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you'll check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, as we begin our podcast this morning, we're going to do just a little bit of follow-up um, up front, and we had someone, um, we'll just call her Ruth. Let's call that? her Ruth. <laughs> that's that's her first name, but we won't mention her last name. I don't I don't know if she'd be good with that or not, probably. I don't know. But, but we won't. But Ruth, um, you can put quotation marks around that or whatever you <laughs> want to do. But uh, she was following up. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, Rahab uh, lying and how that seemed to be a little bit of um, an ethical dilemma, uh, perhaps, because Rahab is held up as this uh, very high figure in Scripture, and here she's held up for doing something that seems counterintuitive to the rest of um, God's laws in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And what do we do in a situation like that? And, and Ruth sent in a question uh, that said she, really a comment um, that said she couldn't help but think of the people um, running the Underground Railroad during the 1800s. Uh, it seems to me that it would be another example of situational lying. And then she asked mm-hmm. for our thoughts on that. So let's kind of begin today with maybe just a quick kind of roundtable about that, and then we'll jump into our text for the week. You know, when I um, um, saw that question, um, what came to my mind was absolutely we would all support that um, because it was a justice issue. And then we go to the New Testament, and um, I've got in front of me Matthew 12, um, when uh, Jesus, um, his disciples were hungry, and he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and that was way, way illegal in that time. I mean, that was just not done. And uh, he was nailed for that and said, your disciples are, are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. And and uh, he said, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. And so that goes on, um, and it talks about him being the Lord of the Sabbath, and and later he heals on the Sabbath, uh, and he's nailed again for that. Um, So it's a matter of um, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, Are you doing it for, uh, 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 for selfish purposes, um, or are you doing it uh, for the right purposes? I, when it when it involves personal gain, right? I, I believe there's a line there, but when it involves um, situations, cultures, places that you're in, uh, my neighbor was a uh, um, his name has escaped me, but he worked with Brother Andrew in smuggling Bibles into Russia. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that he was questioned on more than one occasion about what was in his suitcase or what was in his car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that um, there was an extension of the truth used mm-hmm. in order to accomplish that. That's, there's a danger in that. Sure there is. But as long as we keep that danger in front of us and recognize what we're doing, that it doesn't become the norm, right. uh, then I think we're, we're at least in the spirit of the law, mm-hmm. maybe not in the actual literal exactness dot every it of the law yeah and i think that's what the pharisees um that's what what jesus got upset about the pharisees where they were trying to uphold uh every jot and tittle of the law and um hurting people in the process and that's not what the law is for 
No, and certainly there's a there's an increased um, burden and complexity that enters the situation when you make the decision to step outside the bounds of what you usually do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in in a situation. And um, a, a lot of times, I think when people uh, you know, use the moniker of situational ethics. Um, it's in a bad, there's bad connotation to that. Mm-hmm. It's people trying to advance their, uh, their, uh, own agenda for, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of nefarious purposes sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, that's not the right context, I think, to, to have that discussion, especially about these things. And mm-hmm. so Rahab certainly is not that, that kind of context, mm-hmm. the underground railroad, any, any social justice issue or civil disobedience, it, it should slow down, I think our thinking process and not speed it up, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And that's, that's, I think what we see in history over w- with these folks who have, um, not taken the normal pathway through, discerning what the law is and isn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if only we could do the same, that'd be great. That's right. That's right. (laughs) right. Well, let's turn this morning to, uh, and by the way, thank you, Ruth, for sending that in. That's uh, wonderful. We love uh, to have those keep, uh, keep Keep doing that. Yeah. Keep coming. Well, let's turn today to, uh, our good man, uh, Saul, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on Sunday morning, we talked about uh, this move from uh, Joshua uh, all the way through the rest of the judges uh, into the kingship of Saul and all the crazy things that went with that. Um, and Randy, you mentioned uh, during the sermon that uh, today we might talk about uh, this whole um, kind of sticky wicket of does God give us over to um uh, terrible things. I mean, does he let us kind of run our own clock down in a, in a losing game or something like that? Um, Appropriate so you, the day after the Super Bowl. Sure. Yeah. 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 Go Patriots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that's a that is a that's an idea uh, that has a lot of different kind of attachments to it. That has a lot of different points of a web um, attached to it. So let's start to kind of go through some of those. What what implications does that have um, for us if we begin to even speak about, does God give someone over to, I think you used uh, Romans. Um, did we get to that in the sermon? Did no, we okay. didn't. I didn't think we would. I, I used <laughs> yeah. Psalm 81, 12. That's right. And yeah. then Romans 1. Right. Um, part of that, uh, I think, wraps itself, that, 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 a bigger question then even sorts itself around the fact is, does God's either uh, direct or allow the foreign countries to come in and take the children of Israel captive? Right. Is that a natural consequence or is that a directed consequence of God? Um, and uh, I'm not sure I always have those answers and I'm not sure I have those understandings, but it certainly is... Um, Oh, probably 15, 20 years ago, I wrote an article for a newsletter on earthquakes. And um, did God create the earthquake? Was it a natural consequence of what was happening because of what we were doing here on this earth? Uh, Was it just a piece of how the thing was created? And then the consequences of the earthquake. We can use that, you know, we can spread that around to lots of different places. Um, But I think still... I think the key part to it is 
when those things begin to happen, or let me just say when bad things begin to happen, mm-hmm. we pause and at least have a conversation with God to say, God, are you trying to get my attention and I'm not listening? Or is this just a natural occurrence that happens because we live in this thing called the world or earth? Sure. Why, why do you think that that is such um, a, kind of the technical term, a cognitive disconnect? Why does that not make sense in our brains when bad things happen and when God is in the equation? I mean, why is that such a... Why, why do we always begin to question that when good things happen, we don't necessarily mm-hmm. go straight to God or, or, or go, I wonder if God did that. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the, the kind of default switch that gets flipped there. Why do, why do we do that? What, why is that our, uh, what things are going on? What do we know about God uh, that makes that a difficult uh, situation to, to process for most of us? Right or wrong, the Old Testament... Uh picture of God at times was much more of a judgmental God. We see his anger or his wrath, those words mentioned in relationship to him at times when sin just consumed people. Again, most of that was relative to the uh, to the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The New Testament version, and certainly the era I grew up in, where God is love, God is my friend, God is my buddy. Right. We somehow lost that holy reverence of God, that we lost that sense of uh, the just God. Um, and so now our picture of God is one big loving teddy bear daddy that would never do that or allow that to happen. And I think I think um, we've lost some, some reality in there someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I've heard people say, um, non-believers say... Um, if God is so great, then why do we um, have war? Why do we have abuse? Why do we have injustice? If God is so great, then God could certainly fix that. Mm-hmm. So, so we've kind of danced around two uh, two words here that have that have surfaced every once in a while up to this point in the discussion. Um, one of them is cause, mm-hmm. and one of them is allow. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's let's kind of take those apart a little bit because those are those are small words, mm-hmm. but they're large distinctions. I think in this this mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think that that's the that's the uh, the struggle um, in our world today is I, I'm not sure we have people that say that God caused this to happen. I guess maybe there are some, but um, the the big in our day today is why did God allow that to happen? Now, I think what Randy's talking about is in in the scripture that he read um, or, or that, that he was preaching on, on Sunday was did God cause some of those things to happen? I, I think that... that um, that today we have people say, you know, why does God allow that? If, if God is such a loving God and he's supposed to be involved, then, and, and that's what they say, if he's supposed to be involved, then why does God allow that to happen? So they'd almost rather have him be a God who causes all these things. They just happen to be good things. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, always brings any conversation like this always comes back to, you know, well, at least at some point in the conversation, this whole idea of are we autonomous beings? Do we have a will of our own? 
Um, does God's sovereignty, his ability to do anything, does he do everything mm-hmm. with that? I mean, that's, that's the question. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, of course, lots of different answers throughout history, but let's talk about that because I think that, you know, you kind of continue to pull the thread on that a little bit and you get to that at some point in time, just because God can, um, why, why wouldn't he? Right. Right. And, and, um, the best illustration I can come up with where people have the most trouble is like, let's say a child has cancer. Um, and people will say, why wouldn't God heal that child? Or why would God allow that child to have cancer? And, um, you know, in the time when someone is suffering with that in the time, I don't have this discussion, but if it's a more of a theoretical question, I'll say, okay, then at what age is it okay to have cancer? <laughs> at what age is that yeah. acceptable? Right. Um, uh, 15, no. 20, no. 80, is that okay to have cancer when you're 80? Um, it, it isn't if it's your mother or father. Right. Um, 90, um, sure. so, um, so, I mean, you can have that kind of, of discussion about, um, about what does it mean to have life <laughs> that, and we're going down a, a weird path here, but, um, but as we, as we look at, um, how involved God is, I think we go back to, um, where Randy started in terms of, um, um, the, the people in, in the day that he was preaching about, we're demanding a king. I want. We want a king because things will be better if we have a king. Everybody else has a king. We want a king too. Give us king. Give us king. Give us king. And and God said, "You want a king? All right, I'll give you a king." And do I always really want God to give me what I ask for? I would be in such big trouble if God gave me everything that I ever asked for. Sure. So that question comes up: Are we? Uh, the best agents of understanding what the good is, mm-hmm. um, which probably everyone could could easily answer if they're answering honestly. Well, mm-hmm. no, not not at all times. I can't do that consistently. Um, but it still begs the question: um, if if God is able of doing of doing that, why do these other things seem so out of alignment mm-hmm. with that? Mm-hmm. So there's still that that tension between. Uh, the power to do good and the choice, the seeming choice to not do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or to let people do their own thing, to not mm-hmm. step in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why is that? What, what is, is there any kind of um, uh, answer to that in scripture or Christian history or anything? Isn't that called free will? <laughs> well, yes, but we're describing, I think when we talk about free will, we're describing a state of something, but why would that even be, um, uh, why would you want that over the other thing then? Right. Well, sometimes I ask that. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. I say, oh God, why did you give me free will? Right. And, and I think, I mean, that is a question I think that... Uh, that we don't often answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a there, there's not even an attempt to answer that. Um, so why is that? Why in the story of God do we have, or seemingly have, you know, this this capacity uh, to choose? Why is that even a good thing? I guess. Well, go ahead, Randy. 
I'm not sure whether it's a good thing or not. I think it goes back to a degree, uh, at least relative to how we respond and how we act. We limit sin, separation from God, transgression against God. We limit that most of the time to acts rather than to a nature. Um, And I think it's in that nature, uh, when that relationship was broken, um, that uh, other things began to happen and were released in the world. So there's a lot of things that go on in this world today that have absolutely aren't in the plan of God at all, aren't in the will of God at all. They're simply a result of forces seen and unseen through this nature of sin that came. And so when we begin to think about cancer, when we begin to think about other diseases, uh, some of those things, at least for me, are a consequence of the broken relationship where maybe God said to humanity way back a long time ago, you want to do it your way, and it's represented through Adam and Eve, but I don't believe we could plug in any person and any name into that story, and the story would be the same. Um, Or at least I think it would be the same. We want to do what we want to do. And I think there's some consequence. Sometimes it's direct consequences. If I'm driving my my truck down the road 100 miles an hour and it flips and rolls, somebody might say, well, why did God allow Randy to die? Well, because Randy was being stupid, you know, (laughs) but that's not oftentimes said. But suppose I was driving 55 miles an hour and I I flipped my truck. Well, he was doing everything right. Well, there's some areas that I have finally, after all these years, come to say, I don't understand all of these things. Sure, sure. Um, well, and I think you know when you look at when you look at free will, it's something that happens. It's it's prior to the fall. You know, oftentimes we associate the the the, the ability to choose something as we we lump it right together with that first choice to sin, and at least in the beginning of Genesis, we see. Adam and Eve walking around making choices all the time about what to eat before. It's not like they didn't eat anything. Right, or make any choices. Or make any choices. And then they went, you know, the first choice they made was this terrible choice, you know, to eat from this tree. Not the case. And so what does that choice, uh, I think, bring about in the world, in, in the good world that God made before it's been tainted with sin? And, you know, a, a lot of a lot of folks throughout Christian history have said this, this idea, if they do say that it does exist, you know, because I think it's easy to, for all of us to see why parts of our Christian tradition would say, no, free will is almost an illusion. Um, God's sovereignty is so large and so all-encompassing that um, he really is responsible for all of this, and all of this is good. You just can't see it mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. That's not where we're at, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but it's easy to see why that would be a very comforting kind of position to take because mm-hmm. it answers that question. But I think when we talk about free will, we talk about uh, creating an environment for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know that both of you are sitting here going, why is Isaac the person talking about relationship today? Um, that seems strange, but but it's <laughs> I don't know true. why that would be strange. No, I don't yeah, either, no, but okay. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like sometimes I get the rap here for being the robot. So. <laughs> um, but 
when you have that um, when you have that environment between um, God and humanity that that exists, there's mutual reciprocity that can happen. There's a back and forth that is actually genuine for a relationship to exist. And when you remove that, we become puppets or God becomes an autocrat. Uh, we all become robots at that mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. Um, both God and us. And the the dynamic give and take, um, the continual discovery of one another, much like the triune life of God in, in general with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, without that, it, uh, relationship becomes almost impossible, mm-hmm. or at least it becomes very difficult to define in any kind of meaningful way that we see demonstrated again and again and again through Scripture. And so, you know, when we talk about free will, um, I think we always run very quickly to the the bad consequences of that or the uh, the why doesn't God do his thing, but we, we often don't step back even further and say, what does this actually, the potentiality of this, what does this create for us? It creates an actual space for love, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, thank God for that, yeah. quite honestly, because we could not know that mm-hmm. outside of that um, situation. But I always, when I always talk, whenever I get in conversations, you know, with people about this, I mean, it is like, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. They run, they want to get to that. And I'm like, well, there's a reason for that, I think. I think that makes sense mm-hmm. in the the biblical tradition of saying there is space for love, like God is creating a space for relationship, and the vehicle for that is this this ability to to choose that, mm-hmm. like that creates this back and forth, mm-hmm. and it it's not perfect at all, but, yeah, right. <laughs> but it really does um, it does make that happen. Um, but when you get into the Old Testament, when you get into these choices like Israel's making with we want to be like everybody else and give us a king. Um, God doesn't seem to be helpful in this, or or is he? I think that's the question, right? Is what is this giving over to bad choices in hindsight, which seemingly seem like bad choices? And so, Randy, you've got some other things, I think, that... Well, if we go back for a moment to Joshua and his uh, declaration, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord... And then the children in the next six or seven verses several times say, as for we in our houses, we will serve the Lord, made that choice. In fact, Joshua pushes them to say, do you realize what you're saying and what you're committing yourself? You are a witness either to your willingness to follow or you are a witness um, in the sense when you choose not to, you're a witness against yourself at that point in time. Right. and so the, and that's that's true of the day. You know, I, I there's some mornings when 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 I get up and and I usually lay awake and pray before I get up out of bed. And in the back of my mind, my spirit's saying, "I choose this day to follow the Lord our God. Mm-hmm. I choose to do that. I don't care if I'm a preacher. I don't care if I'm not a preacher. Right. I don't care if I'm whoever. I choose this day. And some days, uh, some days, frankly, it's a daily choosing." And there are some days when it's an hourly choosing. Sure. <laughs> I choose to honor the Lord my God and keep my mouth shut at this <laughs> point. Or I choose to honor the Lord my God, even though I think that there might be some, uh, there's some repercussions from what I might say. But to the best of my ability, I choose to honor the Lord my God with what I might say. 
And so you're right on about the free will thing. I mean, the blessing is we do have a free will, and that deepens that relationship because it's our choice to do that. Right. Um, and the other side of that is the choices we make outside of that free will. I think what really drove uh, drove the, the thing with the children of Israel, they made this covenant with God over and over and over and over through generation after generation again. You will be our God, and we will be your people. We will obey. We will follow. And consistently, and again, it comes back to that first commandment, that idolatry thing um, is much bigger than we than I think we grasp it is sometimes, especially yeah. here. Uh, I mean, it was really easy when you've got a golden calf sitting out there or whatever it is. Um, right. Yeah, when 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 gods like little G gods are mm-hmm. so tied to uh, every piece of nature and existence in your life, it's mm-hmm. easy to it's easy to map that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and in our culture, it's not quite quite as easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think one of our um, gods of idolatry uh, in in good old Pro- Protestantism in this country is. Uh-huh. A house, two cars, 2.7 kids, a cat, a dog, and a mortgage. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, that misses everything that God's teaching us, I think. Mm-hmm. Not bad, necessarily. No. But if that becomes the purpose for which we work or we live, are um, we uh, have re- – even if that becomes the purpose, we have relationship with other people, mm-hmm. then we found a different God that we worship. Only it's much more subtle now than I think it was back then. Right. Well, we pay honor, we pay respect, we pay homage. We, I mm-hmm. mean, that that's the verb that's used there. It's worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what we do. And I think it's, it's easier um, to look back and see the mistakes in it is in the midst of them. So um, obviously, you know, I think, I think a, in a thousand years, people will look back on us and say, why couldn't they see what they were doing? Um, so it's much easier for us to to zoom out and say, wow, these folks were crazy. They wanted a king, and look at what they got. And That's why I'm always, always hesitant to draw out some of their misgivings and their mistakes, other than, because, it, again, it comes back to there before the grace of God, could or would I go? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but what I can learn from them and, and what I can learn that they did right, mm-hmm. that, that last couple verses of chapter 24, it was Joshua, where they made that commitment. Right. That was a right thing from sure. right yeah. hearts. Sure. Incredibly. Yep. And how easily and quickly, though, those right hearts and those good people turned aside from that and, and, and began to worship again other gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We we are them. We are. They're, they're us. Mm-hmm. I'm writing down, I'm just leaving a post-it note now yes. for uh, the people a thousand years from now. So oh, that's a great I'm idea. I'm just going to do that. That's a great idea. Just give me a second. <laughs> okay, I got it. Dear future selves. Yep. Okay. So anyway, coming back around to this question, uh, what happens when, when God says in Psalms, I'm going to... Let leave them to their own devices, or when Paul says uh, God's going to leave you to your own devices mm-hmm. or your own desires. What does that mean? 
Um, does it mean God totally abandons us? Well, maybe for a season, he might abandon speaking to us. He did that for 400 years before Jesus came. Um, I, sometimes, and this is harder for me to wrap my head around because uh, I'm probably more of an enabling person than I like to admit or want <laughs> to be. Um, but sometimes you have to back away and let, whether it's your kids or other people, uh, make their choices and live into their choices and then hope you will be there when their choices really don't work out. And that's always the danger of that. Right. Um, but I think, I think God does the same thing with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. He says, if you just insist on doing this, right. the, the peace that I continue to hold on to uh, is that uh, um, I don't think he completely abandons us. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I've walked through this with a number of people, even recently, and um, okay, this is the consequences of your choices. Right. Um, but then I say, but if you really get in a deep pickle, just give me a call. <laughs> 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 uh, and that's part of the justice of God, because if if being right. holy and righteous and following his will and his plan has any substance to it or any real value to it, uh, then uh, he is failing us and ignoring that. Uh, he's, if he's saying, if you trust me, that's valuable for your life. And yet when we don't, he says, ah, it's okay. Uh, it, it's not really that important. You, right. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's creating that space for love, relational mm-hmm. love to actually uh, come alive mm-hmm. in a space. And sometimes that love looks like the resurrection and sometimes that love looks like the cross mm-hmm. and that's a hard mm-hmm. we want you know, it always to look like the resurrection we do uh we do um understandably so absolutely but absolutely. um but yeah the love is in both of those mm-hmm. kinds of experiences and mm-hmm. uh, that's you know what do you do with that yeah 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 sit back and enjoy it i guess and but some that ways. comes back to free will again right. you know um god says I mean, we look at our own kids, and and we know the consequence to some of their choices. But we have to say, all right, you know, I mean, we can't just step in and and wrap them in saran wrap and and hope that they're okay later. Um, we have to allow them to make those mistakes, and then continue to love them through them. Because at some point in this thing, God is not only a loving God, but God is also a just God. Mm-hmm. Right. And and understanding that balance and where that line is or where that area is or how big it is sometimes is part of the challenge as well. Yes, yes it is. All right. Well, this is uh, we're 30 minutes into this and um, the music is uh, is coming up underneath of us um the automatic lights uh in my office have also turned (laughs) off at this point because we haven't moved around uh so i think it's time to stop for today guys what do you think the lights are off i think it's time to go the lights are the lights are (laughs) off well 
Uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, we'd love to keep the discussion going with you. Uh, if you have questions or comments to add to this discussion, you can do that by following the link in the Calvary app. Or if you're listening on the web, you'll find comments at the bottom of the page. Or if you're listening in the podcast app, um, good luck. Just go to the website. You'll find something <laughs> there. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with a deeper dive into the life of David. Ooh, so that'll, that'll, be, that'll be a great one. Until then, grace and peace.